When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Rose Podcast number 832. What do you got on the corkboard, Katie Levine? I got one that I think listeners of this podcast will really like. If you're interested in getting into comics as a professional writer or artist and you want to get information on self-publishing as well as hearing about the pitfalls you should avoid, then attend comic writer, comics writer and editor Jim Higgins' One Day Getting Into Comics workshops on Sunday, October 23rd. That's this Sunday from 11 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at the Society of Illustrators in Eagle Rock. So if you're in L.A. and you are interested in comics, this sounds right up your alley. He'll give you an overview of the comics industry, inside info about submitting, what editors look for, and a lot of concrete resources and facts about self-publishing and Kickstarter. The cost of the class is $65. And if you don't know Jim, he's a comics writer and editor for 22 years. He's worked at D.C., has taught comic classes at CalArts, Otis College of Arts, and more. So to sign up, go to S si-la.org click on classes and scroll down to find the workshop listing again that's si-la.org also i just want to say um this is well very overdue but thanks to thecoopshop.com for sending scout a bunch of really cool stuff you know them because they send you walking dead stuff for talking dead nice yeah they're awesome and they sent scout and and some stuff for me to give to the dogs at nkla uh T-shirts. I've never seen Scout happier. Toys, leashes, collars from Star Trek, Walking Dead, Adventure Time. There was a Star Trek toy she loved so much. It was like a Captain Kirk one, and it crinkled, and it had squeakers, and she loved it till she killed it. But she really loved it so So much. Scout killed Kirk. (laughs) Yes, she did. But uh, they have a lot of cool stuff um, for humans and for dogs and cats, and you can find them at thecoopshop.com. Great. Thank you so much, Katie Levine. This episode is Rick Astley. Yes. Who was rad. Rick came to my house because I couldn't come into the studio. So he came to my house and we podcasted uh, in in my home. It was just like the strangest thing. Like if you ever said to me like one day Rick Astley is going to come to your house and you guys are going to talk for an hour. I like what are you talking about? And he was he was fantastic. I mean, so cool and normal. So So sweet. So normal. And and really sort of embraces yeah. you know everything that's <laughs> everything that's happened and uh, he he has a new album out called Fifty it's available wherever music is sold and he's going to be touring the UK next year dates can be found at rickasley.co.uk uh, but what a great guy I really 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 want to see him live oh, so yeah. I hope he tours here he might if you can keep checking his dates I'm sure he will keep checking the dates tell people he's out there. Tell people to get the new Rick Astley album yes. so that he will come tour the United States <laughs> and then we will go see him together. So here's Nurse Podcast number 832. We're literally Rick rolling you. <laughs>
Did you? I get. Did we make the joke that you should say it's a different guest and then it's Rick Astley? <gasps> oh, we should have done that. Oh, it's too late now. Yeah. All right. So it'll just say. So Rick Astley <laughs> will be Rick Rolling himself. Yes. <laughs> Katie, Rick, roll the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. I, I, I don't think I think in order to be able to just purchase them without any type of a license they, they have no to be inoperable yeah, yeah they're yeah, just they're, you know 17th and 18th century like it. it's probably a good idea to be honest if you have a, <laughs> a party that's happening I will say that big much. long one though if someone broke in and I came out with that yeah 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 Scare the shit you, out you would yeah, be, yeah, yeah you'd yeah, be, yeah. you'd feel like, okay, well, this yeah. guy's serious. I yeah. mean, that's a musket. But having said that, he'd probably have an Uzi, wouldn't he? Or, or a Glock. <laughs> a Glock, he'd probably have. That's the, the gun of choice, isn't it? I Stand there the, as I'm packing yeah. the powder in and then, like, putting the ball in and yeah. stuffing it. Yeah. Exactly. I think that process would scare someone. Yeah. Uh, how long are you, what, what brought you to Los Angeles? Um, we, we, um, I've just made a new record um, album and, um, we uh this is the first time i've played in america for i think it's over 20 years Are you actually serious? yeah i've been doing gig i retired for about 15 years you retired in 93 something like that yeah and then for about 10 years i've been doing gigs in different parts of the world and america corny as this may sound um meant a lot to me because a lot of my favorite singers came from america mm-hmm. a lot of obviously tv shows all that stuff we grow up with it in in britain we kind of uh, maybe not everybody does, but I, for me, it had a special meaning to come to America and have a hit record. It was like, that's just nuts, you know what I mean? You yeah. can do it in your own backyard, you can do it in any part of the world, but in America, it's kind of like taking uh, it's like taking sand to Arabia, do you know what I mean? It's like you've got <laughs> enough of it going on. And um, Anyway, so we made the record. Um, it's gone great in the UK and different parts. We've had a number one album, which for me is just bonkers. We never, we never dreamt that that would happen. It was just been one of them things where... It's, I don't know, radio really liked it. They've played the singles and it's been amazing. Um, and then obviously America pops up. And um, so we, we've, we've just been to New York to do a gig and then one in LA, just to kind of remind people that I'm not dead, really. <laughs> um, and then, um, and then yeah, and then we're going to come back again in, in uh, hopefully in October, I think, and um, try and get the ball rolling properly, you know. Um, but yeah, like I say, it's always been a place for me that... I've been coming back to America. I've got a lot of friends who live here, but I haven't been here to do anything professionally or anything for, for years. You know? Wow. You know, I don't think I realized how young you were when that first single mm. hit. I mean, I because I was in, let's see, in 87, I would have been 16. I was born in 71. Right. You were 66. I had no idea you were just five years older. You were like 20 years old. Yeah. it's. I mean, when I think back at certain things then, uh, we have a daughter who's 24. And oh, that wow. is putting a lot more perspective on it at the moment for me. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's kind of weird, I think. I mean, having said that, if you look at people like Bieber and, and you know Britney Spears and some of those guys from, from that period, uh, Justin Timberlake even, I think, a lot of those guys were super young, you know, because they came out of those, um, the Disney Channel show yes. and things like that. Um, so, and also, they, that, I think what's tougher now is obviously that they've got the internet. Right. You know, 
it was it was just a CIA, CIA dream, the internet, wasn't it? <laughs> that when I was having my it, so it was like, um, so I don't know really. It's it, I guess it was young, but then when, when I think now, it's some of the, the the artists that have been massive in this last say 10, 15 years, yeah, in that pop sort of genre kind of thing. You know, twenty one's like an old old statesman to some of those guys. Isn't I it? guess I mean, that's Justin true. Bieber's probably what is he now? Twenty three, twenty four, I think. Twelve? No, 12. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah but yeah. You, but you can say things to your daughter like, "When I was your age, I yeah. was playing Wembley. What yeah, are you yeah, doing?" Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. On the one hand, I can. <laughs> on the one hand, I can. Yeah, but I also think, I also think as well. To be honest, I I, I didn't actually do any growing up. Really, I went from being uh, a kid in bands at school and leaving school and kicking around in different, you know, the pub scene a little bit, trying to play, you know, in the little town where we're from. Um, and and then kind of sort of got a break and blah, 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 and did all of that. But I didn't really, um, I don't think I became an adult, if I'm honest. Sure. I'd even had a, a child and still wasn't really an adult. And I'm sure a lot of people do that anyway. But I mean, um, for me, it was kind of, uh, it was a weird thing to when I stopped because I actually force myself to do things for myself as right. well and I'm, maybe you've heard that from other people i don't know but it's like because everything uh you just you don't do anything you don't you don't but you don't grow as a person either because it's a very on the one end you, you're traveling the world and you're seeing lots of crazy things and doing lots of crazy things that people would never get the chance to do but it is it, it's all very squashed as sure. well do you know what i mean yeah so. and you're very you're very sheltered and protected mm. and you also i mean you probably can't spend more than a day or two in a town when you're on a tour right yeah i mean there's the, the, there's definitely a bit of that thing where i think in in the years since I've done quite a bit of traveling to places that I really wanted to go to that I've probably been to maybe even a dozen times, but never seen. Uh, <laughs> I've said this in, a, in an interview before where I remember, I don't know why, but I, I like the kind of um, swords and sandals things in movies. So like Gladiator and all that kind of thing and, and the early ones as well. So going to Rome, I was always blown away by Rome and I, and I kept thinking, well, at some point we're going to go to the Colosseum and we're going to go and do the, and we just never did because obviously they just want to just get you doing as much sure. promo as you can. And one time I just actually said to the guy who was driving, I said, look, I don't care. You just have to pull over because I have to go and stand there for a minute, you know. And uh, But I've been back to a lot of places like that, especially I think in Europe as well, where um, obviously it's a bit easier, you know. Uh, but like I said, I've been coming to America quite a lot, actually. I've got a lot of friends who live in LA and surrounding area and been here a lot, I guess, over the last 20 years or whatever. So. Well, America's so... It's just it's so not one thing, mm. and there's actually not a lot in most of it. I mean, if you were to go across America, yeah, you're just just there's just swaths of just not really anything. I, I know exactly what you mean because I actually drove uh, four or five years ago. I drove from New York to LA um, with a, uh, a director friend of mine, and basically I had an idea, and I still have this idea, and I still want to do it properly. At one point, we made like a little pilot. Not even a pilot, really. We just made a thing. And the idea of it was to, to drive to every town, or, or to towns, I should say, that have had a song written about them and to find out why. Oh, that's so, great. So we basically went, um, and to be honest, there's so many great ones, but we just we had like a 10-day period that we could do it kind of thing because he was doing something else anyway. I'd been in Canada to do something, so I met him in New York. Um, and um yeah and we and you know we went to the blue ridge mountains of virginia which is probably on the one it was just part of our route but also as a kid i just remember that laurel and hardy thing and like going um do you know that song no which oh, one the blue ridge mountains of virginia oh, yeah, 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 and, and yeah. all of that you know and and just there's just so many um anyway i'm, I'm getting sidetracked but I, but i drove across the, like arkansas and places like that oh, and yeah. you're just kind of thinking like 
wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, Arkansas that's, gets a bad rap sometimes, but it's a beautiful state. Well, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure it is, but I'm saying look, when you drive through certain places and the, the, some of those towns are almost ghost towns. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, that's, yeah. and again, growing up as a kid, America for us... Something like a like an ancient or whatever. I'm fifty, but I'm you know, but still, um, <laughs> no. But it 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 did have that kind of uh, feeling of uh, it still had that thing where you could you could do anything mm-hmm. in America. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because Britain's quite a small place, isn't it? It's it, you know, it's got so many great things, Britain, it's, and it's it's produced so many great people. I think over considering how small it is, but. Um, it is pretty small kind of thing. And, as, and I think when you get into certain parts of America, you realize how big it is. Um, but it still had that thing for us because of, I think, a lot of the TV shows that we grew up with. It still had that kind of shiny kind of like anything's possible in America. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So in a way, it's even sadder to drive on one of those drives sometimes because you do see some places that you think, wow, this is like what happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it just, you know, a, a lot of times in a lot of towns, there was something that the economy was based around and maybe it was mining or maybe it was timber or something. And then it, the second it dries up those towns just, yeah. And I don't know if there's an analogous thing in Britain, but what's happened here. And I don't know if there's a name for it, Mm. but when a town starts to go under, it's like, well, they build a home Depot and then a Walmart and then an Applebee's. And Mm. there's just like the same little commercial Mm. honeycomb repeats Mm. over and over over again. And it feeds the town and kind of supports the town at the yeah. same time. But yeah. all the a lot of the mom and pop stuff is is gone. Yeah. They they just yeah. you know they disappear. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's it's. Um, and I think that's world over. I've been to Australia a couple of times in this last ten years to do gigs again, and I don't really like flying. So when I get to a place, I tend to rent a nice car or what have you, and I do the driving. I like driving. Uh-huh. Like I say I drove across America. Like I say, um, and there's places there where you you you. It's a bit like going back in time because you've got that old high street thing. You wouldn't call it, you call it a main street, sorry, right. yeah. Um, and the shops are still there, but there's hardly any of them open. Do you right. know what I mean? And yeah. you see that, it, like I say, in Australia, you see it anywhere. You know what I mean? It's just progress, isn't it? But I think Europe is, we've still got a bit of that um, individual um, shopkeeper thing still going. I mean, I know you have it here as well, but I mean, it's still. We've not gone completely corporate yet, I don't think. Right. It's definitely there. I mean, there's a Starbucks on every corner, and there's a, there's a you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, maybe I'm being a bit naive in rose-colored spectacles. But I think, you know, if you're driving through Italy, you can still go into a local, and it is just local. Do you right. know what I mean? It, right. They, they, you know, um, yeah. Well, know. there's just not a lot of places here that have any um, uh, modern history more than a couple hundred years sure. and that's really a, quite a lot and yeah. you really have to go to new england to find anything it's like oh, yeah, this, yeah. well that's from the 1600s yeah, yeah, you know yeah. like that's yeah. you know that uh, yeah. but a lot of the you know and of course a lot of the indigenous culture was just completely wiped, wiped from the face Absolutely. of the yeah, face yeah. of the map and yeah. so uh but i but i love i'm always so jealous of people who to- can tour the uk because you <laughs> you could just take a train do a show and then come right back the next day yeah, you know, yeah. america's so expansive no, i know i know it, it's yeah I know. I, well, yeah, but on the one end, there's, there's, surely there's two ways of looking at that. I mean, you, you've just said it. It's so big that you've got a lot more opportunity. I mean, even, you know, if, when, I'm, when I come to L.A., I'm still amazed at how many bands play. And bands play in London, believe me, they do. But not on the same level as you have here. There's, there's more gigs in L.A. And, and, and obviously it's more 
I don't know about densely populated. I don't know what what the I don't know how many people live in Greater LA or whatever, but it's like eight million or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so London's that and more, I think. But obviously, it's a lot more condensed than it's what have you. But I don't know. And maybe again, maybe that's just seeing it uh, as a tourist or as an outsider. But it just seems to be that if you want to go and see jazz tonight, you can go and find three places where there'll be a great jazz trio, or there might even be a big band, or there might be what have you. And I think in London that's harder to do. But again, it might be because I kind of live there, you know, on, on the edge of London. Sure. So maybe I don't see it the same. Um, I just think there's, yeah, obviously it's a much bigger place with a much larger population anyway, the States, and it's, you know. I mean, I never, it's kind of funny because I never go out to shows anymore. Because, you know, usually work all day, like, I don't feel like, yeah, yeah. you know, parking and then going yeah, yeah. to... But uh, I I saw Radiohead the other night hmm. and um, in in L A they played the oh, Shrine oh, yeah right. and it was uh, and I was there I'm like why don't I do this more often no, like, no. it was you know same with theatre to be honest I mean I I think the thing with theatre is with a gig if it's not going great you can just have another beer right and you can sort of <laughs> say well whatever and I'll wait till those songs come that I really you know whatever if you go to the theatre if you don't like it it's 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 pretty hard to sit there you're if you're not st- enjoying you're it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we've walked out of things a couple of times. We we go like two or three times a year. We've got some friends who, who they pick. They pick and pay for the tickets. We buy dinner and vice versa. Yeah. So they pick something. We pick something. They pick, you know. And we gen- generally pick things that we kind of all like, you know, are in the in that ballpark. Well, um but yeah, if you go and see a stinker, it's really pretty. It's 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 bad because you can't really stand up, can you? One no. of you could do it and pretend you were a bit sick, or you could go into the bathroom or doing whatever. But if four of you get up, it's like you have to stagger it. Y- yeah, you yeah, have exactly. To, like, yeah. Okay, I'll just yeah. So we'll go out and walk. Yeah. We'll go out in and seven go in different minutes. directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than just <laughs> trooping out together. Unless yeah. you're in middle mm. seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, a bit rough. Yeah, yeah. Well, although I mm. think if it's a real stinker, then everyone else is like, God damn it, yeah. we should do that. Take the take the I'm take jealous. the lead and we then do it. Totally do that. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Uh, I mean, it, the, I think the thing that's it, it, it happened so everything happened seemingly so fast mm. for you. It did yeah. did it feel that way or did it? Um, it didn't. It didn't. I mean, it, it the, the music side of it and that first hit record, never going to give you up, definitely did because it, it it you know we were I was doing um, uh, like radio promotion up in Scotland, I think. When I heard the first time, you're going to go on top of the pops, which was this TV show we had on oh, a Thursday it's night. Oh, huge! Yeah, yeah, and um, an institution really. And and at that point, I thought, okay. Um, <laughs> and then and then, I guess like three or four weeks later, we had a number one single, which is sort of on the one end the pinnacle of a pop record. It doesn't get any more than that, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. kind of like. Albums are different. I think rock bands are a bit different because they have the kind of live thing. And it's like, do you know what I mean? It's more about the whole, you know, whereas in pop music, it's like you have a number one single and that's it, you know. And um, so that happened really quick. The only, the the kind of strange side to that or the other story to that, I was signed when I was 19 to a very small production company. And the only reason I really signed to them is because I knew no better. And this guy had red leather pants. (laughs) <laughs> so I kind of thought he must know something. Do you know what I mean? Those are serious music business yeah, pants. Exactly. So um and, and and in truth I just thought, well, I'll just give it a go. I'll get to live in London for a few weeks. We'll we'll do whatever. It wasn't even a record label, it was a production company. The the weird thing was is that in the period from when I signed to them, 
um, literally a couple of months later, they had their first number one record with a band called Dead or Alive with a song oh, called yeah. You Spin Me Round. Of see. course. So the thing was, and they were making the whole album, and the thing was, they kind of, in that six months, eight, uh, eight, maybe a year period, became the biggest pop producers. They didn't do that that well here, to be honest. There was only a couple of people, me included, that they actually sold records here with in the, in the States. But um, they were pretty massive everywhere else. And so I kind of got pushed to the back of the line because... I was signed to their production company. Got it. And major labels were throwing money at them to make a record for certain artists. So, and, and I didn't begrudge them that in any way. I know I was 19, I was 20. I, I, wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't in a position to sure. say or do anything anyway. So I ended up making tea and getting the sandwiches and, and basically being what we used to call a tape-up when we had tape machines, you know, and just, just helping out in the studios, um, which was pretty amazing because it was sort of an apprenticeship and it was also... I actually I got to go to the pub with the three guys because um, the tape ops, the juniors, were allowed to go to the pub. They can't stop them, obviously, but right. they weren't allowed to kind of sit with them. <laughs> uh, but I did, so I got I got an education in in certain things in the business, if you know what I mean. Um, so I still know that you can prepare yourself for having a number one record. To be honest, that's just bonkers. No, that's that's, I mean it can't even seem real. Yeah, I mean, no, it was weird. Yeah, it was because it. Was. it I'm I'm curious to know where that because you mentioned Dead or Alive mm. and Dead or Alive, you know I, I guess it's still the same now. But the '80s, you know, bands had especially British pop bands mm. had very there was a very specific aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. like ABC had a very specific Absolutely. look. Absolutely, Depeche Mode had yeah, a very yeah, specific yeah. look. Yeah, yeah. Dead or Alive, mm. you know, was sort of like alternative culture club. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like 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 yeah. like goth culture club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it so where did your I mean, did you look at that and go, am I supposed to have a thing or am I supposed uh, to not well, funny enough that the weird thing is if because obviously that video never gonna give you up has kind of taken on a whole different thing now and meaning and what have you in the past ten years with the internet and all of the rest course. of it. Um you could say that wearing a blazer and a striped t-shirt or wearing a, a, a rain Mac or a whatever it is or a turtleneck or what have you um, you, would, you, I'm sure people would think, "Oh, wow, that stylist really knew what he was doing." <laughs> They're just my clothes, you know what I mean? That was like, I just turned up. I turned up literally, and it's like, "Well, we're making a video, and um, this is how we're going to do it." And I just said, "Well, these are the clothes I brought," and they go, well, "Great, here we go then." <laughs> so it's like, over there, so there wasn't a, um, there definitely wasn't like an image thing, and um, yeah, I mean. It's funny. A lot of the a lot of the bands, I guess, that I liked, uh, some definitely did have like an image thing going on. I think you, I think you can't. You, I think the thing is, the early eighties is is very much is the way you're describing it. And then I think when we went into the later eighties, it all kind of I'm not going to say blanded out because that's not really fair, but it all got a bit safer and nicer. Of course, I think I think the early eighties were quite edgy. Because we'd come out of punk and we'd come out of new way, uh, new uh, new romantic, and that whole kind of like. And also, you look at someone like Boy George. No one had really done that before. Right. No one had sort of gone. I'm a man, but I'm gay. I like makeup, and I'm going to wear whatever I want. Mm-hmm. No one had. They probably had actually, but I'd never. I'd never. You know what I mean? Because I was young, and I probably hadn't even known that's what sure. they were saying or doing. But I don't. I don't think they had really. I don't. I, I, can't, John I mean, John did some pretty crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, but and- but. Bowie, but not, but 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 Col- but J- Boy George, definitely. I so remember because I was the perfect age for MTV, mm. like right when yeah. it started, yeah, and yeah. just immediately it was, you yeah. know, just watching that all happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, I think because because of MTV, really, the video thing became so important. So then, therefore, 
the image then gets magnified even more, doesn't it? It's, it? it's very much about what you bring to that video. So that's why we had Simon Le Bon on the front of a yacht, um, <laughs> you know, in, in pastels, doing whatever. Do you know what I mean? And that's, it, and, you know, it's, it's, it, when you think back to some of those videos, Duran Duran especially, I mean, they, they, they were one of the bands that did those mega videos, weren't they? You know, Wild Boys and stuff where... Hungry Like the Wolf, yeah, and you, you referenced Rio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so yeah. it's... And, um, and also, if you, I mean, I remember seeing Annie Lennox in the Eurythmics uh, in some of those early videos and just trying to get my head around what she was saying. Not, not with the lyrics, but v- visually, the way she dressed her hair. Right. That kind of, um, you know, that she, she's a very beautiful woman. But she's also doing one of the, the videos, uh, Sweet Dreams, I think it might be, where she's just got super cropped. Yeah, she shaved, shaved her head. Hair. And Dave Stewart and, has really long, yeah, flow, had like, long flowing hair. Who's the feminine one and who's the masculine? But it's she's so obviously very feminine as well. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Right, 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 right. But, but they, were, they were swapping gender roles at a time when people mm. weren't, at least uh, maybe underground they were, but certainly not in yeah, the yeah. mainstream yeah, yeah. media they weren't. Yeah, well, it like was I wonderful. Say, I'm not so sure I'd ever... I mean, if you think back now and you think to certain people who act as comedians, uh, obviously music people, whatever, and you go, well, of course they were gay. Of course they were gay. But, but at the time, they weren't openly gay and they wouldn't, right. and wouldn't say so right. outright. Right. But they said everything else. Do you know what I mean? They, yeah. They, they, so they, when they, I think back about the village people now, like, yeah. where was that question? Exactly. We, were conf- we didn't know. I know. And, 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 and they probably actually also said things, outright said them, but just didn't actually say I'm gay. Do you well, know first I mean? of all, they, like Queen, or, you know, they call themselves Queen, or the village people call themselves mm. the village people. Yeah, 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 or they, yeah. You know, there were there were when you go back and you look at the cues, they yeah. were they were trying to subtly express exactly. who they were exactly. Yeah, and people who knew knew, yeah. and people who didn't, it just didn't listen for the music. But also, I think because I don't know whether this is true, actually, think, but it, for me, it was like they were you weren't allowed to do that because big TV wouldn't have allowed you to be on the show. Yeah, it you was such I mean? a you, fucked you, up time. Yeah. And even thinking about George Michael having mm. to record this uh, this uh, kind of disclaimer at the beginning of I Want Your Sex and go, this song is not about casual sex. This is about monogamy. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what? that's yeah. crazy that yeah, he yeah. had to, you know, just because he was writing sex on the side of some girl in lipstick. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. it was such a such a weird, innocent time. Yeah. And I don't think every, you know... It's funny that you had mentioned some of the younger performers now, but I I, I don't think anyone I don't think anyone would like ever heard bad boy Rick Astley's at it yeah. again. No, no. Well, I, I, to be honest, I, I I wasn't a bad boy. I was a very good boy. <laughs> um, but but again, one of one of the weird things I think is that people were probably up to more hijinks and all the rest of it in the seventies and the eighties, unquestionably than than they are now. Yes, you know I think people, you know do the whole thing now and it's more public and it's more kind of, Hey man, I am really rock and roll cause I'm doing this. Right. But in truth and reality, I think there was a lot more stuff going on. <laughs> um, Some not so good stuff, you know, and, and obviously you mentioned Elton John before. I mean, he's, he's had a, a you know, he's been, he's done it all, hasn't he? Do you know what I mean? In, in every sense of the word, in yeah. every possible everything. And, you know, I think, you know, it's, you kind of think it's some of the things that he's achieved, obviously musically that just speaks for itself. But, you know, what he's come through yeah. because he was in that period of total decadence and what have you. And also the thing of, you know, because he wasn't openly gay, was he? Do you know what be, I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah, exactly. It wasn't, you know. And, yeah, it's funny. I've sung at a couple of gay pride um, things. I've done the one in Madrid and what have you, which is massive. It's, it's crazy, actually. And um, 
it seems weird sometimes that you had to have a day to celebrate that and to sort of be proud of it, if you know what I mean. Because you kind of think, well, is it not? Is it not? Because at this day, at this day and age, you kind of think, well, that's isn't that just absolutely every day? Every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I get it, and and you know, and and it was a fun thing to do, to be honest. But yeah, it is kind of weird that that's almost even up for question. Well, anymore, it's almost like know? I think I think some of those two are almost can be kind of perceived as sort of a day of remembrance too. It's yeah, basically like sure, it's yeah. essentially like the same as an Independence Day. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you when know? you see it like that, then I guess that's very true. Yeah. Especially yeah. now, mm. you know, I think before it was more declarative, and now mm. it's more. I, I assume, at least from what I've talked to from yeah. you know friends who mm. are in the gay community, uh, would that there's that sense of like, yeah, it's like an Independence Day where yeah, yeah, you yeah. you know you sort of celebrate and remember and never forget. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, that it wasn't like this. That it was I that guess. it wasn't yeah, like yeah, this. Yeah. But it's such yeah. a. I mean, it is. I mean, I, 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 old man talk at people all the time in the mm. 80s were just such a strange, mm. uh, I, I don't know. It was like we had blinders on or something. Mm. We had these mm. will, these willful blinders on. And well, we didn't have the internet. And, I, and no. I, I really think that is, I think that's, a, it's, I can't understand how people are going to grow up and not have it and not know what it's like not to have it. Right. And I am sounding old now, and that's okay. Oh yeah, your because daughter wouldn't because, really know what it's like no, to not have it. No, and it, and it's and and I think it's actually destroyed certain things, and some of that's okay, some of it's not, and it's also given us so much as well. But in terms of naivety and what have you, um, you know, young kids. Uh, well, I say young kids. A, a friend of ours, uh, sorry, friends of ours. Their son, who is twenty-seven, I think now. Uh, and he's a musician and a producer and what have you. And he's almost like freaked out now. He said, because kids, as he calls them, he's 27, uh, kids, <laughs> he said, they just know everything. He said, they know every genre of music. They know everything. You can't tell them anything at all. Because, and he's DJed a lot as well. He said, because they just know everything about music. You know, they they, right. they know everything. They know, they, well, I think a lot of people, I think there's a thing that's happening where people just think they know everything. Yeah, maybe. They, they you know. Yeah. Because they know little bit, you know, I think the internet yeah. gives us um, a very shallow take on a lot, on a wide okay. berth of things. Yeah, so, yeah. And so it's like, they might know a couple things, and it, but then just act like, oh yeah, no, I, I know all about this. Yeah. When, you know, when we were kids, yeah. if you if you wanted to be into a certain type of music, you had to find a record shop, order it, you know, yeah. it, or even, you know, even I always make the comparison with British television, which I loved when I was a kid mm. and it was very difficult to come by right. here. Yeah. So, you know, there's just, yeah, everyone's just spoiled now because you can have everything. Well, I think always. that's it. It, it is, it, it does feel a bit spoiled in a way. Um, I, I'm, you know, it's like you get on a long distance flight now and you get on and you go, what, they've only got 150 movies. <laughs> oh my God. And, um, you know, and I can be on the internet at the same time. Um, and, um, I did a flight actually from, uh, I think it was to LA. It was, it was on a Qantas. And they did this thing. I thought it was genius. They had a, um, uh, what do you call it? A movie uh, awards. The Oscars. They had an Oscar channel. Uh-huh. And it was every Oscar movie from year one, I think. Oh, or, or, that's or from, great. It was amazing. And because and, it's a long flight. I don't know what it is, 12, 15 hours, something stupid. And I remember getting on there just thinking, I'd had food poison as well, so I wasn't in a great state. Oh. So I'll get on there and I'm just thinking, and you know, because you, you, I love movies. I really, really like, my wife works in movies and I, we both do really, really, I can just, I can watch three films one after the other. No problem. I can do that. You know what I mean? Bowl of pasta in between and just do it. 
And um, I remember getting on there and just sort of thinking, oh, what the hell am I going to... Because usually you've seen all the ones you wanted to see of anyway course. kind of thing. And, you know, and um, yeah, and I just thought that is just a genius idea. Genius. I'm trying to think what I watched now. I think I watched Gladiator again, I think. Um, yeah, I can't remember. But there's some just amazing movies on there, really. Because there would be, obviously, you know. Well, it's... Yeah, and we're about to do... Uh... We're about to do. We're going to Japan for the honeymoon. Oh well, wow. and uh, and so I'm, you know, on some flights over the ocean, we'll have internet and some won't. Okay, and I'm I'm already completely spoiled. Like, what am I gonna do? Yeah, yeah. that whole you know, yeah. it's like you just got married, man. What are you gonna? You're gonna smooch. <laughs> you're gonna kiss and canoodle. <laughs> oh yeah, canoodling, legal canoodling. Have you been to Japan before? Then is it? I've never been. All oh, right, okay. So why Japan then? What what? Because I always wanted to go, right? And she's always she's been there for work for a minute, but didn't really okay. leave her, you know, wherever she was working in Tokyo, right? And it just kind of seemed like, because uh, I, I never, you need a couple weeks to go, and yeah. I never get that much time off, right? And so I was allowed to pre-shoot some things because of the honeymoon. Got it. So, so we, can, it, it was yeah, like the right. perfect excuse. Like, if we don't go now, it's not going to happen anytime and are you, soon. Are you going to do? Uh, are you going to go to Kyoto as well? Yes. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, because we um, the first time I actually sang my old songs again after all those years of, of not doing it um, was I had an offer to go to Japan, and I'd been a few times, obviously back in the day, but my wife had never been, and our daughter had never been. Our daughter was probably about fourteen, fifteen then, and th- they kind of, you know, their ears pricked up and said, "You've had an offer to go where?" <laughs> and um, I always just said flat no to all of it. I just said, you know, I said, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm not doing that again kind of thing. And basically, they kind of forced me to go. <laughs> and um, so, uh, yeah. And um, and it was really great to go. Because I, I liked it anyway. It's an amazing place. But to go again, because we had like, obviously, I did the gigs, but we had a family thing there. It's just amazing. It's just such a... Why did you think you never wanted to do that again? Um I think because when I quit, I think it, it. I think in pop music, especially, I think you know if you were if you were a rock band or something or whatever, I think you could do it again, light that fire and do it. But I think in pop music, it just felt a bit kind of well, that's done. That's that was then. That's it. You know what I mean? Right. And I think nostalgia has become enormous. You know, I mean, this. I'm just trying to think. Who I just saw recently? Uh, Thompson Twins. I saw um, Tom Bailey recently, and he's uh-huh. playing in L.A. Human League are going to be here. I mean, oh and, I, and I, I play with those guys all the time. I mean, different parts of the, you know, you, you just end up on a bill somewhere. Sure. In a field in front of a few, whatever, thousand people or whatever it is. And it, they're like festivals, but retro festivals, if you know right. what I mean. And, um, and obviously I do my own gigs as well, you know, but I'm saying, you know, I meet a lot of those guys and stuff. Uh, yeah, and I, I just kind of felt, I just, I don't know. It just, I didn't really want to do it really. I just felt it was a bit odd to go back and do that. And, I think I think actually having enough distance from it and also getting older, it just felt okay. And also I think going to Japan was a perfect way to start again because it was so unusual to go there. It's such an unusual place. I can't that wait. It just, yeah, no, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I actually don't think it will disappoint in any way because it is properly different. Did it feel good to play the stuff again? Or was it, mm. did it feel like, ah, this old no, stuff? it felt really good. It felt weird. It felt like a giant... I actually said, um, welcome to the biggest karaoke in Tokyo <laughs> uh, when we went out and sat and did the tunes. And um, yeah, no, it was it, obviously it was it was a bit weird, but it was also deja vu as well. It, 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 
as we, as we all experience in life, things sometimes feel like yesterday and then other times they feel like someone else's life and, and it's like you've just stepped into shoes that don't belong to you anymore. Do right. you know what I mean? It was, it, it, it was weird. Um, and it still is to this day. Um, singing some of those old songs sometimes, it's weird. And then I, and I look at the audience, I think, yeah, you're as old as I am. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then that brings you in and you go, yeah, well, and it, I don't know. I think I would have poo-pooed the whole nostalgia thing at some point in my life. But at some point you get to a point in, and you can actually say, when people used to say, oh, you know, we got married, that song was our wedding song, da 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 I was 24, so I'd go, great. Right. It wouldn't, I wouldn't connect with that. You know what I mean? I've been with my wife now for 27 years. We have a 24-year-old daughter, da 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 I've, I've lived, you know what I mean? And therefore, I understand, because we've got our song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when we go and see Crowded House, you know. What's your Crowded House song? It's a Don't Dream It's Over. The, one of the best mm. songs. That so, Neil Finn, he is a he monster. Is a, he is a monster. He is a monster. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. And um, and yeah. And I think I I, it, I understand it. I get. I totally understand why uh, those memories are so locked into music or movies and and different things. Maybe even books for some people. I don't know. Um, and in a way, I've come round to the thing to appreciate that it was only pop music bit cheesy at times even possibly but um i don't actually think the songs are, are completely cheesy i think the videos are a bit cheesy sometimes <laughs> when i when i go back to them i think the songs kind of in their own way stand up to you know scrutinization for especially with what was around as well you know what i mean and um yeah but every generation so, like it you know every generation looks back and goes no nah, that old stuff is all cheesy you know it's like they yeah. all do it well they do but i think i think i think certain genres of music um if you look at rock, for instance, proper just rock is rock. Right. It's only because we went into that kind of spandex rock that, that it, when you look back at that and, yeah. and the hair, yeah. I mean, they've always had the long hair, you know what I mean? But they just bouffanted it. They just, they just. That was it. MTV. That was MTV yeah. influence. Yeah. And you kind of look at some of those and you kind of think, wow, you know. Maybe that was okay. <laughs> you could have left that particular. But if you don't have that, you don't have the rebellion of grunge. Exactly. exactly. Of the, you know, it's like each decade yeah. has to deconstruct the previous yeah. decade. Yeah. But uh, but I think it's really I don't know I think it's really nice because I think it, when you're young and you do something, I think you can have an ego where you're like, well, I don't want to be defined by that thing. But then I think when you get older, you're like, ah, eh, you know, it's fun. Who gives a shit? I don't have to. I'm not. I don't have to impress anyone anymore. I just have to have fun. Yeah, and I think um, I didn't really have hangups about it. That wasn't why I quit. Really, it was just I just had enough of it all. Really, and uh, and I become a dad, you know. And it was kind of like, and also, and I'm I'm not. I'm truly not. Um, anyway, I'll just say it. I made a lot of money. Sure. Um, not like you know Madonna money, but I mean I made a lot of money. And and well, you were in the business at the right time. At the, yeah, you caught sold, the end of the best time. We sold a lot of physical units, forty million or some crazy some number, crazy amount. Yeah, and um, so so I think it, what that also made me do was think. Well, you, you should only do it then if you actually want to do it, because um, money. I think at some point, if you're lucky enough, once you got past the point of having to worry about it, yeah. Well, actually, the, the, the strangest thing is that, that when people become really, really, really rich, um, then they start to worry about the money then, don't they? They go the other side of it, you know what I mean? Sure. But I think if you can get in that comfort zone where money's not a problem, right? then I think that also helps you sort of, you know, you, you're, you're one of the lucky ones. You can choose not to do shit. Yeah. And, and, and I think that was part of it for me. I just kind of said, 
I, you know, I'm comfortable. I don't have to do it. And um, I didn't do it for the money. Obviously, I don't think many people do. You do it because it's you're, you're a kid in a band, and then you get a record deal, and then and then and then and then all of a sudden you make a load of money if you're lucky. And and obviously, I know fame and fortune <laughs> go together and all that, but I don't think anybody actually gets in a band at school just for money. Do you know what I mean? I <laughs> well, think I think they, in the MTV generation, though, I think in my generation, they saw it. Yeah. And they were like, "Oh, I want that. I want that. Yeah. I want that Van Halen lifestyle." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And listen, I, yeah, okay, but it, but yeah, I think some people do for sure. Yeah, but I think um, money's a weird one. But I, I, I'm totally fine about talking about it because one thing that really bores me is um, when people say in a way, oh, "Oh, I'm not bothered about the money. I was never bothered about the money." The, the reason that someone can say that is because they've got the freaking money. Right, right, that's, right. And that's why I'm not, never embarrassed or ashamed to say I made a lot of money. Because, of course. Because it, it, I did, you know what I mean? And, it, and it's like, <laughs> it, it's that changes your your whole life, for one. But it also, for me, changes your emotion and thinking about a lot of other things in life because they're not a struggle anymore. And you can make choices based on what you really actually want rather than, you know. What's crazy is some people still don't do that, though, because I think they do, it's, you know, it can be all about the pursuit of the money or pursuit mm. of attention or whatever it is. Mm. But I think it, you know, it's not till a lot later in life that I think people go, well, what are we, what's going to make me happy? Like, yeah, I yeah. think people focus on external things to try to make them happy as opposed totally. to just being happy. Totally. Well, I, I, I my mum and dad divorced when I was very young, and um, it was just a bit of an odd, time growing up and um we grew up with my dad and i saw my mum all the time she lived in the same little town as us but i think obviously you know like a lot of people um certain things in your childhood leave a hole somewhere or leave a scar or whatever you, you know analogy you want to use and i definitely think that most people i'd say everybody to be honest but i mean i can't say that because it's not for me to say get people who get on a stage it's not just for the love of what they're doing right there's something else in there makeup, chemistry, life, whatever, of, 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 of what they're trying to achieve from that. Sure. And I, I, I'm not saying I consciously thought being in front of hundreds or thousands of people singing along or screaming my name or da-da-da-da was going to make me feel better. But I kind of thought it was, I right. think, somewhere. And, uh, and I think at some point you just realize, well, that isn't going to do it. It's the boring old cl- cliche, but you, you, know, you do have to find it somewhere else. You've got to find it either within or you know, um, with real people around you, whatever, you know, you're not going to find it um, in the back of a limo and, uh, or do you know what I mean? Yeah. That ain't going to happen. And, but, but if I'm, if I'm thinking about it from real, yeah, I think there's still a tiny part of me that thinks it is. (laughs) <laughs> do you know what I mean and you and you have to just remind yourself no it ain't it know? isn't yeah because yeah. it's addictive isn't it you get on a stage and if there's people and you're happening and it's happening it's all going that's really addictive of course it is chemically inside you things go on you know what I mean yeah I've never been I've never done drugs so I'm not really a drug you know whatever just because I just wasn't um but I can imagine it must be really really difficult not to do drugs once you've done it because it's like I've experienced my own uh, drug, if you like, of being on a stage and adrenaline right. going through the roof and, and kind of like, wow, you know, this is so, um, yeah. Well, I think our brains do constantly f- try to find things that sort of spike the endorphins. Mm. And I mean, we are just drawn, we're drawn yeah. to that. Yeah, and yeah. it can be, you know, it can be that or it could just be literal drugs or it could be. Yeah 
collecting something or it can be traveling yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know it's like yeah. we're always just trying to fight that we're always just trying to find that thing that makes us spike a little bit yeah. but i think it's pretty interesting that you first of all i feel like i need marriage advice for someone who's been married for 27 years well we've actually only been married for three okay but well, you've been, been together. together for 27 yeah gotcha yeah. Um, well, yeah, but my, my we met um, because my wife worked at the record label in Denmark, where she's from. <clears throat> so she kind of um, did the marketing and the, and the promo and everything when I went up there the first time. And then we met a few years later, and then we kind of got together. Um, and then she kind of quit working in the music business, and she's been working in film since then. So, But I think we've got a good um, understanding of what, it takes to do what we both do, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and she actually manages me now, <laughs> has, has done for a couple of years, yeah. And um, which is, you know, that that's, she's, she's done an absolutely amazing job because she's given a 50-year-old guy a number one album in the UK. <laughs> boom, boom. Um, but um, I, I think it is difficult at times because it's, it's we're married and, and we have to respect that and, and we've got to make time for that, you know what I mean? And I think in businesses like this and these situations, you kind of, you're just full on really. And it's really hard sometimes to just um, have those moments of coziness because she'll say, oh, by the way, we've just had this email about this or do you know what right. I mean? Because it's hard not to, because we're both really excited about it as well. And um, and when she's been, you know, producing a film or doing what have you, it's like, it gets a bit full on, you know what I mean? And sure. it's like, it's just... Um, but I think there's respect there and I think that's, you know, for what we do work wise. And I think therefore, um, and just respect for the passion we've both got in both what what we do and stuff. And I think that's been a massive part of, of, uh, being able to stay together, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. been reading, I'm just, uh, and it's not cause I think, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. Although mm. sometimes I think like, oh, I'm going to fuck this up. But you know, what I've, from what I've learned and from what I've asked people, and heard you know maintaining a a level of respect and then and then kindness like just remembering yeah, yeah. to be kind yeah, to yeah. each other and yeah. not just make someone the repository mm. for all of your shit yeah is very helpful yeah in yeah, yeah. In, in maintaining a well, good it, relationship and again and any any managers out there who are listening to this will will wholeheartedly agree with this i think uh artists <laughs> <laughs> or assholes whichever you wanna, I mean, um, yeah, um, it can be a little they give, they uh, give their managers shit a lot of the time um <laughs> uh no I, I hopefully don't do that with lena i hope i don't um i think but, she'd let you know yeah she would she would um it's just difficult is all i'm saying but it's also been amazing as well because on some of the trips that haven't involved um you know where it's kind of all the work's been done you just gotta go and do it as it were um like we went to chile this year and we had a few weeks there and it was just amazing it was just really because it's a you know it's great i've been before and it's a beautiful country um and we were out on the coast as well as being in santiago as well and you just there's times many times i'll stick something on facebook or what i'll be saying thank you to everybody because my wife she doesn't like to be in photographs to be honest so Uh she doesn't do it but um we both mean it because we're we're kind of in a you know a time of our lives when we're still getting to do really really fun things um based around something that we're both passionate about and that's not everyone gets that. You know what I mean? That's pretty amazing. I, I, and we are aware of it is what I'm saying. I, I, I make sure we're aware of it and so does she. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, you say when you look in the audience, you see people, older people out there. But I feel like a lot of young people, I mean, 
who could have predicted the internet thing yeah. and becoming probably one of the most popular memes on all of the internet? It's weird. Yeah, it <laughs> it's is weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> it is. But I mean, it, it's... Um... Talk about, you thought you were done with that. And you're like, yeah, it's yeah. like, you're not done. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, it is weird. Yeah. And it's it's um, it's obviously been very good for me because it's, it's brought um, an audience, if you like, or not even an audience, just um, an age group of people who would know that song or know who I am or da 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 And I don't know whether that's actually um, helped with, let's say, for instance, this new record that I've made. I, I, I can't tell you that, but there's a part of me that thinks it has. Because when I look, when I sometimes read through the comments on, you know, something I've, I've posted or what have you, I can see the age group of people and I'm kind of thinking... And also we have like a really... Of course we would do, but we do. We have a really good digital team who handle all my whatever you know what yeah. I mean? because i'm old and i don't understand that shit <laughs> i mean and, you say you you know we're not no i'm not 40s old, and but, 50s but to our to our our parents were kind of getting old at that age yeah i think that's the thing i think when i think back to being 21 when you know all that happened for me you sounded like a fucking I, agent. exactly it's like what you know what i mean um that was that was an age that you just thought how does anyone ever get to be 50 you know what i mean right. and and now i am so no i'm kind of joking with it and to be honest a lot of my friends who are my age or even a bit older are doing stuff that like you know i wouldn't have dreamt we'd be doing you know what i mean me included I, I, having a record out again do you know what i mean i didn't dream yeah. i'd be doing that really so um i always thought it was a you know a possibility because you know anything's almost possible in life but um yeah, age is a weird thing. I don't think age isn't what it used to be. I don't think. No, it's just. And not. I think I think the the sort of the idea of yeah, it's kind of similar to what we were talking about earlier about you know putting people in boxes and mm. being who you are and you know I think coming out of the po- the post war era, it was like okay, you got to get a job and you got to work that job because mm. you got to support your family, got to rebuild mm. our economy, we got to rebuild the culture. Yeah. It's responsibility, mm. responsibility. They just had to get older faster to because of responsibility and we didn't have to and this generation really fucking doesn't have to yeah and uh and so you know but you look great i mean like look at that thick lustrous head of hair no one would even you you still you know you still look the same which is uh which is nice quite the same but um i've got my hair which is great i'm really happy about (laughs) that my whole family all all the guys in the family have still got pretty good hair whatever age they get to to be honest so nice that's quite lucky yeah um yeah no, it's um, no. I'm having a good time at the moment. It's good. Did would was recording the album mm. a completely different experience this oh, yeah. time around? Totally. I um, we moved house about three years ago. I think I said, and uh, I converted this garage building or garage building at the <laughs> at the back of the house and put a little studio in there, and that's where I made the record. And I, I played all the instruments on it. I did everything. So the only bit I didn't do is the is the female backing vocals because I haven't quite worked out how to do that. <laughs> you have too um, you have too buttery bassy of a voice. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we've always got auto tune. You know, stick it up an octave. But um, <laughs> um, no, I, I did it all. Uh, a really good friend of mine um, mixed it and engineered and stuff like that. And um, we did the vocals together, obviously, because you know it's nice to have someone to kind of bounce off if you know what i mean that just sounds fun like it just sounds like even if you hadn't ever put it out it just sounds like yeah it was a fun thing to do well to be honest i'm not i'm trying to remember exactly how i did start the process i know i bought some new gear and as i say we were fixing the house up so i put put this room together and then and i think somewhere in the back of my mind i've always been saying i'm going to make a new record at some point 
whether I'm actually going to play it to anybody is a different matter. And then, and then I don't know, I just, I just got into it and I just really started to feel it. And, um, I think some of the lyrics on, on this record are really personal as well. And I think I'm in a place where I'm happy to do that. And, um, so yeah, so it's just been a really good process. And I, and I think something in it, I'm a real big believer. Um, I've heard this from many different producers and writers and all the rest of it is that you have to, there's a, there's something that happens in the recording process that you can't, um, make happen. It just happens. And something then therefore connects with a certain audience. And if you could, because if producers knew what it was, they'd do it every week. Of course. So, it, so I'm sure it's the same with any, uh, um, creative endeavor really. But, but I think in the studio, you know, cause you've got all the gear and you've got all the, the lights and all the everything and her, you know, and you think, well, we'll just do the record like we did that other one. Do you know what I mean? It just doesn't work like that. And, um, so whatever's happened for us, you know, back home, it's kind of just clicked and it's worked, you know? So whether that'll happen anywhere else, who knows, but I sort of hoped and liked to think that it's because I did it purely from a state of loving it and wanting to do it. Yeah. Um, I didn't even have a record deal or anything. I just did some tracks. We got like four or five, six finished. And then I went and played it to someone. So I just felt that was just, just the best way of doing it rather than being like the old dude who's, who's, <laughs> who's on a, a record label who, and then a, a party of 12 people sit around a big table and say, what are we going to do with that old guy? Right. Because we need to do something with him. <laughs> um, I just wanted to be where they heard something and thought, "Okay, look, that's that's pretty good. Let's have a go at it." Yeah, you didn't need to do it. You just no. it was just no. you just wanted to do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, that's the best. Mm. Are you going to do it again, or do you feel like, yeah, maybe I'll hang it up? Again. I don't know. And and to be honest, it was a lot of work, and I really loved it. But it was very time consuming, and and I loved. You know, I'm not really a musician. Really, I can play a bit of everything, and I'm all right. But I'm not. You know, I've got a really great band, and and. Uh, you know, but I just, I think I just fell into doing it. I liked the demo sort of things and then the demos became the tracks and then the tracks became the record. And so I think if I was to do another one, I quite like the idea of working with uh, a producer who sort of comes to me and says, well, I've always wanted to make a record like this. What do you think? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like saying like, like someone like a Mark Ronson, for instance, all right, maybe he's like, you know, the name everyone would say, but he tends to do things that are very stylized and very kind of like he's, well, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm completely wrong here, but almost like he's, he's dreamt that up first and said, this is what we're going to do. Right. Um, and I think that's probably cause he's a DJ as well. And he's, you know, he's got that wealth of, uh, real knowledge about music. Do you know sure. what I mean? And I think, and if you go to, um, let's say the Amy Winehouse record or something like that, it's, it, you know, it was very, very, modern and very now but also unbelievably kind of retro and authentically sure. that sort of influence that you know and i think someone like him is really great at doing that thing of taking something um that maybe we think we all know and then kind of just tweaking it and turning it into something else you know yeah i mean it just even Johnny Cash did an amazing album like mm. right before he died yeah 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 and some of the most you saying mean, i'm right before i'm going to die right now or what you went, no <laughs> no he did, i just mean no i know if you know in in 30 years you could yeah. still if you if you got inspired yeah. to do something yeah. you could no in 30 years i know what i'm doing if i'm still here in 30 years my wife and i are having a beach restaurant in italy and i am going to croon with a nice little jazz trio 
but only when I want. And yeah. And it will be fueled by really good Italian red wine. Yeah. It's, and people will come like, I don't know. Sometimes he comes out. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes you just he don't doesn't. know if he's going, oh, there he yeah, is. Oh, he it. doesn't feel like it. And it will usually depend on what color velvet jacket I'm wearing as well. Because <laughs> I'll, have, I'll have seven. So there'll be one for each night, you know. And you, she yeah. will just float around as like the maitre d' and kind of like, you know. Did you have to warm up your voice at all through a process? To, uh, if, if you have, if you weren't really using it for like 15 years. No, well, I was floating around and I had a little studio and different things. And I, I did some projects and did some little things. I've done a bit of film music as well. And and I mean a little bit of film music. And um, I, I also have a, a, a band, a trio, where I play drums and sing. And it's a, it's a power trio. It's a rock trio nice. where we play uh, from like the Pistols to the Foo Fighters uh and we're we're like we're like middle-aged men obviously but because we do it for charity it's okay yeah it's fine it's totally fine yeah. no one's gonna say like what are you Not doing you're like exactly hey i'm here for the kids what yeah. are you doing exactly absolutely yeah. that's so, genius so I, I have been singing here and there um uh no i think i i mean on the subject of warming up i do that a lot i do that kind of religiously now when i do gigs and stuff um i've just worked with a couple of people who have taught me a few things um and also i've had a few not not personally but you have a few scary moments where you hear somebody you think well they're always going to have that voice right and then you hear that they have problems and you think well why you know because then as a singer you start thinking how how what is the how did that happen you know right and it's the obvious ones it's um i don't smoke but i do like a drink yeah and um i had a few drinks last night and i can hear that in my voice right now to be honest and it's it, it's just being like realistic if you were an athlete or whatever you then you you have to prepare don't you Do you know oh what yeah I mean? it's a muscle and, yeah. but it's, a, it's also why you know when people were doing all that crazy shit in the 70s that you were talking about earlier yeah. i was like yeah a lot of them they, they didn't yeah. really come out of that well no 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 uh i was really lucky like i said i was i i didn't uh really ever get into drugs uh i've got more and more into wine as i've got older um <laughs> but uh yeah i've never really and yeah. your voice started out kind of bassy. Oh yeah. So you you know yeah. you had this boyish face and that yeah. bassy like yeah. really intense. I so think, it's not like you had a real high voice that's dropping. No, no. and I think um, I think that was part of the the charm, if you want to call it that, is that I looked eleven um, <laughs> and sounded completely different. And it was um, I even remember that the three guys, the producers who wrote that tune and produced it, never going to give you up. We didn't actually release it for a long time after they'd done it. And I think because they were having like internal battles about is it is it the right is it the right so is it the right thing is it the right is are people going to get this literally because I did look like you know I was still in school and um, but I sounded completely different you know and um, and in and I think to be honest I think that was was part of it you know it was kind of like a lot of people even thought I was black um, which I always I'd never quite understood I mean a lot of my favorite singers. Um, uh, you know Luther Vandross, and even going back to old school soul and what have you been, have been very influenced by for sure. But I never really heard that. Really. Well, I, I think mean, I think I re- I'm just sort of remembering that moment of people hearing the song on the radio and seeing the video and be like, "That guy looks like that." You know, yeah, yeah. it's just like not. Yeah. It was very unexpected. Yeah, and I think I think uh, yeah, I think that was part of it really. So yeah. Well, I uh, hope you enjoy your time in Los Angeles, and I hope you're. When are you going back home? Are you going back home? Or are you? No, no, home? we are. We go back on. Tuesday, I think it is. Yeah, uh, we're actually making a video here on Monday. 
for a tune, yeah. So that's going to be fun. And uh, this weekend we're going to hang out with friends uh, up in Topanga. I'm so So. glad. I'm so glad you have a good a good sense of humor about the whole thing. I mean, Mm. just like how weird the internet thing is. Yeah, I mean, just the concept of like rickrolling is a verb. Your name is now a verb. It's an internet thing. And Pretty you always weird. seem to kind of have a good... Yeah, well, because I think I was lucky that my daughter was, was a teenager at the time when that kicked off. She was 15 or something like that. And uh, we had quite a few conversations about it. And it actually helped because obviously she's of the generation, as we said before, that grew up just with the internet just being there and being a totally normal thing. So on the one end, it was weird because it's her dad. Right. But on the other end, it's just like, oh, it's just another one of those things. <laughs> and, and, she, and so she kind of taught me, if you like, or, 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 you know, turned on the light that just sort of said, yeah, she's right. It's just another one of them things. It does, it's got nothing to do with me, really. It's just they chose that video. And they could, it could have been Dave Roll or Brian Roll or Mary Roll or anything. Anything, yeah. It just happened to be, you know. And, and I think I've learned, as I have anyway, even if that wouldn't have happened, I've learned to appreciate those songs because of what they've done for me and and also because in a tiny tiny little way of the rich tapestry of music or of life um i've got my tiny little window that people have and they open up and there i am you know and that's kind of nice that's a that's something to appreciate rather than be embarrassed of or or you know whatever so well, that's fantastic. Well, I, I thank you so much for Pleasure. thanks for coming to my house. Thank you. We're just we're just. I'm in, loving your house. Oh, thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're just in the midst of we, like we're eight, like I said eight days from the wedding. Family's starting to come in. It's cool. Things are getting things are. I'm not nervous, but it's just it's just that stress of like oh, everyone's coming in. It just feels like a massive holiday. Have you got your speech prepared? You, yeah, I've been making notes the last couple weeks, okay. and um, and so it's. Yeah, I, I, it's not... You don't sound convincing, to be honest, right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, for better or for worse, I'm a comedian, and so the way that I will write it is just, I'll write it by... not. I mean, there'll be punchlines, but there'll be emotional stuff, yeah. too. So yeah. I've just been writing the beats of like, oh, this is a funny thing to talk about, or I should okay. mention this, and this is a special thing that I want to talk about. Yeah. So it has an arc to it, but it's just, I don't... I'm not going to write it verbatim, right? Because I just don't. No, no, I don't. You know, do, I don't not, do you don't, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I'm just hoping that. But her mom has a great sense of humor, and my right. mom has a great sense of humor, so I don't cool. think I'm going to offend anyone. Okay. But we, but we're not doing any. No one else is allowed to do a toast. That I cut oh. that shit right off. Oh, really? All my friends are comics. I don't want them getting drunk and saying crazy shit. You know, you like they're, they're going to do that anyway. I know, but I don't want to. I want to give them a sanctions too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to give them. You don't want to give a drunk comedian a microphone no. and be like, "Go, no. go ahead." And no. then you <laughs> know. Yeah, that's probably a scary prospect, isn't it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> so we decided yeah. to we decided to kill that that part. It was my. It's going to happen anyway. I'm sorry, that is going to happen. No, anyway. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Someone's going to yeah. jump up on stage and be like, "I know I'm not supposed to say yeah. anything." But, <laughs> you know, but cool. you know, whatever. It'll Fantastic. it'll be nice. But I, I thank you so much for coming here. It's no, been an my absolute pleasure. pleasure chatting. Thank you. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, it's Guy Raz here, the host of How I Built This, a podcast that gives you a front row seat to how some of the biggest products were built and the innovators, entrepreneurs, and idealists behind them. Every week, I speak to someone new, stories like Justin Wolverton's, a lawyer who just wanted a healthy alternative to ice cream, so he created Halo Top in his Cuisinart. 
Or Todd Graves, who grew his fried chicken restaurant Raising Cane's into one of the most successful fast food chains in the U.S. All of these great conversations can help you learn how to think big, take risks, and navigate crises in life and work from people who've done all of that and more. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.